Hello, listeners. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Campion, and this is another episode of One Guest, One Drink, One Question, the most refreshing show on the net. Now, if you're new here, this is how it goes. Every episode, I'll bring on one new guest. They'll share one drink with me. And after that, I'll ask one thought-provoking question that we try to answer for the rest of the episode. In this week's episode, we have a good friend of mine. His name is Ryan. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, Campion. I'm doing pretty well today. It's been a nice day. Awesome. And uh, I know you're you're from the Seattle area, but you're out in D.C. now. Is that right? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I go to Georgetown Law School, so I'm living here in D.C. Just finishing up my second year. Awesome, man. Congrats on that. That's great to hear. Thank you. Uh, we need more more lawyers like you. I'm sure. Thank you. So. Uh, Ryan, what drink did you bring for us to share today? Um, I brought a lemon-flavored LaCroix, sparkling water. Okay. And why did you choose this over uh, any other drink? I never really was into sparkling water in like college or high school or whatever. And it wasn't until I came to law school that I really started drinking more of it. I just found that it almost is more refreshing than regular water especially when I'm studying. And today I was studying for finals all day. So I picked up a 12 pack and this is what I'm drinking today. There you go. Okay. And lemon is your favorite flavor or? uh, Yes. Yeah. Lemon, I think is just, I think it's the best of their flavors. Awesome. Great to hear. So tradition on the show, Ryan, is to give a shout out or a toast before we take our first sip. Do you have any shout-outs for us today? Uh, Yeah, I'd like to shout-out all the teachers that are doing distance learning right now. I know that the Mm -hmm. change from in-person teaching to online teaching is really, really difficult, especially for elementary, middle, and high school teachers uh, for whom in-person teaching is sort of like the core of what they do. So Mm -hmm. I just think that they're doing a great job with what they have and – and I just want to give them a big shout out. Definitely. Shout out to all the teachers. Um, you know, going into the end of the year is difficult as is, and doing it completely online makes that twice as hard, 10 times as hard even. So shout out to them. We're going to have some teachers on the podcast soon. So listeners, uh, tune in for that. Um, let's go ahead and, and raise our toast, crack the LaCroix, and take our first sip. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, wow. That, that really is a lot more refreshing than water. Interesting. Yeah, it's the fizziness, I think. It just adds a little something extra. Yeah, it's like a soda almost, but not, um, it's not that overkill of sugar. Right? Yeah, it's not, it's not as heavy. It doesn't leave like an aftertaste on your tongue or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've never had the lemon flavor. Um, we've had this LaCroix on the show before, uh-huh. uh, Pamplemousse flavor. This lemon one tastes almost like um, a lemon drop that someone maybe, you know, uh, ate or sucked <laughs> on for nine, 90% of uh-huh. it. And then maybe they dropped the last tiny bits of it into a, a cup of yeah, water. Right? Yeah. Yeah, mine, mine tastes like you're drinking water and someone screams the word lemon at you from the other room. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for bringing this drink. It's very refreshing. It's very innocent, according to the can. Yeah. Um, I don't know where where they got that from, but 
It sure seems innocent, for sure. So, uh, Ryan, it's, it's come to the time in the show for the big question of the day. Uh, are you ready for it? I sure am. Awesome. So I know you're a law student here, and so I, I wanted to give you a, a question about the law. Okay. Um, and what I want to ask you is, do you think that the Constitution should be rewritten? So, and when you see rewritten, it could be like amendments or a total rewrite, right? Yeah, so it's, it's up to you to interpret that. It could be a total rewrite. It could be amendments. It could be that we rewrite it every 10 years. Mm-hmm. It could be whatever you want to interpret it. I mean, so I, I, I think that the Constitution, that people should be very open to the idea of amending the Constitution. Um, I think I would probably hesitate to throw everything out. Just because the way that constitutional law is developed by the Supreme Court, it's really rooted in, I mean, the text of the Constitution. So if you were to completely overthrow it or or totally rewrite it, I think that would upset a lot of, you know, precedent. It would upset a lot of law that already exists right now, and it would cause a lot of confusion. People wouldn't people wouldn't know what the law is because you'd have this whole new Constitution, but. You know, that being said, I think that amendments to the Constitution is in some ways preferable um, than just having judges interpret it. Because if judges interpret it, you know, they're not elected and they're not necessarily as responsive to the will of the people as a mm. as well as the Congress and the states are, and that's the process for getting amendments in. Um. And I think an easy amendment, or not an easy amendment, but an important amendment that should be made is just basic governance. I mean, there's such a big problem right now with gerrymandering and with disproportional representation in the Senate. I don't think you can call the system we have right now either fully Democratic or even fully Republican because just based the way districts are drawn, people aren't electing representatives that really represent them. So I think that is definitely a change that should be made. Okay. And uh, how many amendments does the Constitution have right now? Right now there's 20. Like 27? 27. Yeah. Or 27. Oh, I yeah. have <laughs> nice right. um, So do you think that a more open amendment process, like we, you know, maybe we need to have them more often. Um, what is a good cadence that you think could be, that we could have for it? Like a new amendment every five years, every time it's necessary. Like, we don't want to have them too often, of course. We don't want a, a list that's thousands of amendments mm-hmm. long. Like, where, what's what's the balance here? I mean, I think that the amendments can be proposed if people feel like there's a need for them. And then if people don't, you know, don't, don't want them, then they won't vote for them. And I think that there's only as many as there needs to be that people think they're need to be if that makes sense i mean but i i i agree that i mean not everything can be put into the constitution because then it would just be super unwieldy and the whole point of a kind of slim constitution is that it provides the rules for making other rules it's sort of the super rule Um, and you don't want to have a really complicated super rule because that just makes everything harder down the line okay do you know when the last uh, amendment was proposed? Uh, I think it was proposed in nine or 
added in 1992, and it's actually got a very interesting history. I don't know if you know what the last amendment to be added was. I don't. Have uh, so I'd love. Yeah. To so yeah. the 27th amendment. I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't have a copy of the Constitution out right with me, but I'm pretty sure it's it's the amendment that um, bans Congress from raising their salary in the middle of a term. And it was first proposed to the states in 1791, and it was never ratified. But unlike other constitutional amendments that were proposed, there was no time limit set to this one. So a high school senior wrote an essay about how this amendment was still technically viable. It could still be ratified by three-fourths of the state legislatures, and it could be added to the Constitution. And he got a B on it, or maybe even a C. The, te- the oh teacher was like, no. Yeah. And so he was like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm right because there's no time limit. So he began to lobby yeah. state legislatures to pass this amendment, and it was passed yeah. by three-fourths of the state legislatures, and it was added to the Constitution, I think, in 1992. Wow. That is a crazy yeah. story. Just um, It's almost like a grassroots organization, but just this yeah. in high school, yeah. right? Interesting. So – why do you think no amendments have come since then? I mean, that one seems pretty trivial to me. Like, it, it doesn't seem that it would fundamentally change a lot mm-hmm. of things, and maybe it's not even worth being in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we have bigger issues like gerrymandering, which I, I think I would consider to be way more important? Why why haven't those made it in, in recent years? I just think that it's so challenging to to agree on anything and to pass anything that I just don't think that, I mean, the, the bar for making amendments to the constitution is very high. I mean, deliberately. So it has to pass both houses yeah. and be ratified by three fourths of state legislatures. That's a very high bar, super majoritarian. Yeah. And I just don't think that there's the political will to get behind any sort of measure that could pass that high level. Mm. Okay. So if, if the Constitution is, you know, maybe it's considered a living document, but it, it's like it's frozen, right? Maybe it hasn't been touched in 40 mm-hmm. years. Um, why should we look to it as, you know, um, a model for mm-hmm. laws, right? Are, are there any local laws that you know of that just straight up break the Constitution that are that would be illegal in that sense, but, you know, aren't really enforced? Um, I can't think of any laws right now that are contrary to the Constitution. Because um, mm-hmm. I imagine if they are contrary, somebody would have sued and and tried to stop totally. them. Um, I mean, I, I think that the point of a Constitution, the reason why you want to have one is that it establishes kind of the the first principles of how to make other rules. Like before you can have a government you need to figure figure out okay what are the rules of electing the government and and those rules Uh, have to be fairly stable because otherwise if 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 a party loses for example they could just say well we're going to change the rules so that we don't lose the the idea of having the constitution sort of removes those principles from the kind of petty you know 51 percent majority world and puts them above it and says these are the principles that we all agree these are the foundational principles, and you know this is what lets us organize the society to begin with. 
Okay. So if we have those foundational principles, how did we get into such a state where it seems like legislation is frozen, mm-hmm. right? The, 50, the 51% is controlling it and the 49% can't do anything. And it just goes back and forth mm-hmm. and back and forth. How did we get to this point at all? I mean, that, that, is, that, is the, that is a great question. And I know there's lots of books that can answer it much better than me. But <laughs> I, I think mm-hmm. the short answer is that there was no provision in the Constitution. They, they did not the, – the framers, the people who wrote it, really did not foresee the rise of political parties, number one. Mm-hmm. And okay. they certainly did not think about you know, complex problems like how, how segregation affects um, districts, how people self-segregate into – like they want to live by people who think the same as them. And of course, they could never have foreseen the internet, which has just exacerbated divisions because it just yeah. supercharges emotional and and volatile uh, debate and makes it very difficult to compromise with other people. Totally. So, so if if they couldn't foresee that, right, and we can't see or we can't foresee two hundred mm-hmm. years in the future mm-hmm. from now. Um, I mean, should we have some sort of time limit where, yeah, it gets rewritten every hundred years or every 200 years, but you get 20 years mm. to rewrite it. So we're, we're not just messing around with it and fundamentally changing it. You have 20 whole years to make changes, to go through different cycles of power to make sure no one is making, you know, too many mm-hmm. changes. Do you think that is a fair compromise maybe? I mean, I actually think New York has something where every 10 years there's a referendum to on whether or not they should hold another constitutional convention. Um, I thought I remember reading that somewhere. I, again, I don't, I don't actually know. That might be wrong. Um, yeah. I, I guess I would just hesitate to do that because I feel like once you open the door to – making those broad sweeping changes, you're sort of gambling a little bit that, you know, they can do it a, and then it won't be hijacked by, by, you know, some force that you don't want to hijack it. I mean, case, case in point, yeah. when the people who wrote the constitution originally gathered, they, they met to just revise the constitution, the articles of confederation, which came before and then they all elected. They okay. said when they got there, they they said, "Okay, you know what? Actually, let's not revise it. Let's just start. Let's just start again." And that was sort of unplanned. That was not the plan. They were just supposed to revise it. So I feel like once you open the door to making those wholesale revisions, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty that enters the equation there. Gotcha, and maybe a lot more risk of just. Something yeah, going wrong. I, I mean, I, I think that you're talking about we can't foresee what happens 200 years from now. I mean, I do think that there is a place for judges and lawyers to interpret kind of deliberately ambiguous phrases in the Constitution. I think that those phrases should be read pretty elastically because they're being written okay. not just for now but for all time. Like, for example, equal protection okay. under the law. I mean, that – was written maybe with a certain concept of what that meant, but it also enshrined a value, an American value of equal treatment before the law. 
and that notion has evolved as society has evolved. And I think that that is, is appropriate. Okay. So do you think, though, with this open-ended interpretation, right, judges from different backgrounds or even different geographical regions, they can have different interpretations, right? Maybe a federal judge makes a rule mm-hmm. in Washington that's different than a federal judge in, right. in Georgia. Um, should there be some sort of sense of regional federal law? If that you know, it does sense? make sense, and there is a regional federal law, uh, circuit law. So the way the federal system works is that there's the district courts, which in some places could be a whole state like Alaska, or could be states could be divided into districts like the Western District of Washington is is a Seattle kind of from the from the border to the ocean, and then down to Oregon, okay. and then above the district courts there's the the circuit courts, the court of appeals, and those cover, you know, there's only twelve of them, and they cover big parts of the country, and within those circuits there can be sometimes very significant differences in how they interpret and apply federal law. Um, and sometimes those regional differences in law can be can go on for quite a long time, and then usually the Supreme Court steps in and resolves to settle the issue and apply the same law for the entire country, and that's that's when the court grants those mm-hmm. cert petitions. Gotcha. Do you think that Supreme Court decisions should become amendments then? Or are they like way too frequent on way too minute? Yeah, kind of I, I, yeah, I don't think they should become amendments. Um, mostly because, again, like the justices aren't elected. I mean, they're indirectly elected through the president and the senate, mm-hmm. but they're not directly elected, and and they can be wrong. I mean, they have made decisions in the past that they've come to regret. I mean, they being like the court the capital C has come to regret yeah. like Dred Scott or Plessy v. Ferguson or Bowers v. Hardwick um, and and they've reversed themselves. So I think that even the court, the supreme body of the land is is willing to acknowledge mistakes and change slowly maybe the course of law over time when they when – they, in an amendment, of course, it would be beyond the ability to quickly make those those changes. Gotcha. Well, Ryan, it's, it's coming to the end here of our time on the podcast. Um, I kind of want to just sum things up before we uh, sure. end the show here today. Um, so, you know, I asked you if the Constitution should be rewritten. And it sounds like the resounding answer is, is no, it shouldn't. Um, but maybe we should amend it and maybe we should be um, more careful with how we apply the laws. Am I getting that? That right. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would say I'm not in favor of wholesale rewriting, but I think we should be open to certain amendments. And and yes, definitely uh, judges and justices everywhere should be very judicious when applying the law. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan, for being on our show today. Um, do you have any final shout outs you'd like to give? Um, yeah, I'd like to shout out my sister's instagram art account i guess she's a up-and-coming artist cool. she graduated from art college last summer and um she's very very good she takes commissions so i'd like to give her a shout out awesome shout out to your sister um what is her uh, what is hers her is at sarah k turner art 
Awesome. Shout out to Sarah K. Turner Art. Uh, we will link her her bio in the uh, description below the podcast. Listeners, please check them out or please check her out. Uh, she has amazing artwork, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, we want to support local artists in these times. Um, so, Ryan, thanks for being on the show today. Listeners, thank you for tuning into the show today. I hope that you learned something new about the law and that you can stay informed these days with politics um, and laws and, and all that. Um, and of course, listeners, you know that this is the most refreshing new podcast on the web. Every episode, we bring on one new guest. We share one drink together and we ask one fascinating question. We'll catch you next time. Stay safe in Seattle.